Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan. And we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon here to open up our lives and minds with you. We are your companion on the journey to grow your healthcare practice, yourself, and your relationships. To get you started, we've got a free email course on our website, shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course with practical steps on overcoming your fear and anxiety. Thank you for joining us on the Shrink Think Podcast. Welcome again to the Shrink Think podcast. We're excited to be with you again here today. We are talking about being in therapy and it's not really going anywhere. We've been talking recently in some of the previous episodes about how to find a therapist. Um, You can go back and listen to those episodes. I think they're like 57, 58, 59 or so. We will put those in the show notes so you can access those easily. But we've been talking about going into therapy and what does it take to start therapy? Uh, How do you even find somebody? And then what do you say? What should you expect from that process? And so this is a little bit of an extension of that. And the situation that we're kind of putting in front of us today that we want you to consider, and maybe you've experienced this, that we want to hopefully speak to, you're going to therapy and maybe at first it's like feeling great. You know, you, you mesh with the person pretty well. And you're talking about stuff and you're like, wow, this is like going great. I'm feeling better already. Um, and it's like two or three <laughs> sessions in. <laughs> and uh, you're telling people about it and like, wow, that's great. And you're like, yeah, uh-huh. And secretly, <laughs> like, mm-hmm, you haven't really gotten to the, to the weeds yet, to the good stuff. Um, and then you like hit a wall. Maybe you get stuck. And you're like, oh, what is this? Maybe therapy really doesn't work. Maybe, and you know, you try a few things, you, you try this, you try that, and it just doesn't seem to be working. Maybe even you try for a couple of months uh, of going every week, and whatever you're doing just doesn't seem to be working. And so you conclude, wow, I, maybe therapy really doesn't work. I mean, I like the, the guy in front of me, you know, he's... Um, Handsome. Uh, he's hand- <laughs> what else is he, Nathan? <laughs> Thank you. Bald. <laughs> hey, hey, you can leave that part out, but I'll take the handsome part. I appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, my <laughs> word. He's sitting across from me on this microphone, so he, he's got a clear description of what I look like. Yeah, well, you know, Aaron, about that wall thing? <laughs> That's right. It's going to happen now. I don't think that the wall necessarily, I don't think that everybody doesn't necessarily know what the wall is. In other words, like, I think it can also look like the person, you know, like maybe our listener doesn't even know that it, they're stuck. They wouldn't say that. They wouldn't necessarily say, I'm stuck. It'd be more, I don't get anything out of this. You know? Right. Like, it's just one of those things where um, they're going every time. And then the thought occurs to them, I'm paying for this. Like, Yeah, maybe they're like having a conversation with their friends or family members or, you know, somebody close to them. They're, you know, like, hey, how's, how's your counseling going? And they're like, it's okay, blah, blah, blah. And maybe the other person is asking questions. And maybe together they sort of realize, yeah, I'm not, I don't know. I don't really know what to talk about. I don't really get anything out of it. Is that kind of more what you mean? Yeah, and I think that's what I mean. But I think also on the other side, from a therapist standpoint, um, there's oftentimes a frustration that, like, we're thinking we're trying to get somebody to, you know, somebody's given us a goal, whatever it happens to be. And so it's not, but we're not getting there. And we kind of also recognize at the same time, not getting there. It's like this person for us will be like, this person's self-sabotaging. They're not going anywhere. Like, but on the other hand, actually a lot of times we'll take it more personal, meaning like more, it's our fault. Like, oh my gosh, what am I doing wrong? Like, how can I not help this person? I don't know if you 
do that in your head, but I do it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's a that's a common thing. I think for a lot of therapists, um, you know, we've done quite a bit of supervision, you and I, over the years, and um, we've spoken on it and taught some other people about it. Um, and I think that's a common feedback that we get from people and that we see with uh, with therapists. Even some seasoned therapists will kind of fall into that trap, if you will, of what do I do, or I don't know what to do, or what I'm doing isn't working, or um, I got to be doing something, right? Because from the therapist standpoint, in order for us to kind of know that we have value in our job, that we've earned our paycheck, so to speak, for that hour, we did something, right? I need to be able to point to something. What would you say you do here, Bob? <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a line from Office Space. Um, it's, the, it's that question. But it makes sense because if all you did was you listened and you reflected back for an hour, you know, you're like, I, I don't really know that that was worth whatever I got paid. So I think there's a really common, um, I guess, from my perspective as a supervisor, it's like you think that you have to accomplish something very specific or very tangible in order to say I did something. And some of these intangibles are like investments that you're making or they're seeds that you're planting that you know, what would you say you did here? Well, I tilled the soil or I planted a seed. It doesn't look any different. I know. But eventually you'll see something grow. I think that's the struggle for, for quite a few people. I think therapy, too. I mean, almost the entire thing is intangible. I mean, you know, the closest that we get to tangible is like somebody with an anger management problem that is not being angry (laughs) they're like no longer so it's like the removal of something that was there before or whatever but um a lot of this stuff happens inside of you right so but and there's this you know the scientists the therapy scientists out there have named all this stuff like we have stages of therapy stages of change and what we're talking about right now is being inside that process where stuff is is kind of not going anywhere for whatever reason. We wanted to kind of highlight a, a more about what is happening in that moment to kind of to make it more normal because there actually is a name for all that. It's called Reluctance and Resistance. There's entire books that are written off of this. In grad school, people go, how do you encounter reluctance and resistance? What do you do as a therapist to that? And that's you know, dealing with it, not just on the client side, but also noticing, helping the therapist to know on their own side, if they're kind of holding back on therapy because they're nervous about where it might go. Right. So let's start with, um, we've got the scenario kind of in front of us that, that a lot of us has probably experienced, whether you're a therapist or you're a client that is going to therapy and you've hit that wall, you've gotten stuck. And so what we're labeling here is this thing called reluctance and resistance. What the heck is that stuff and why is it happening? I know. Like, well, basically, it's kind of just as simple as what you are hearing, because most of you probably know what the word reluctance means and resistance. Fight the power, baby. You know, know, change is hard, right? You've heard that. You believe that probably probably took you a while to get into therapy in the first place. And as a therapist, you want to affect change and all that kind of stuff. And it actually sneaks a bit more up, I think, on the therapist because they are agreeing to be a part of a change process and be kind of facilitating it. And then sometimes they can be withholding it and going like, nope, not yet. For And unconsciously doing it, by the way. But just to briefly define it, reluctance would be like, you know, you've really encountered a lot of what's going on. Um, there's uh, in your own life. Um, you've talked a lot about different goals. You've got some insights. And 
you notice that you're just reluctance is kind of just holding back a little bit like you kind of have bought in a little bit to the a little bit to the fact that things need to be different but you're also not doing anything you're just kind of not resistance would be more you don't see another pathway uh, to go but you're just not gonna go like nope i'm not gonna do that i'm gonna stay where i'm at yeah it seems like the reluctance is more of just like if you're walking forward you're like slowing down because it's like getting darker and you're not really sure where your feet are gonna go um there's a little bit of light but you know you're kind of tentative or reluctant whereas resistance <laughs> is though you believe that the path in front of you is toward the mental ward in the hospital and you're being taken there in a straitjacket and you're like, no, 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 I will not go. It's, de <laughs> it's definitely more of an active process and I think requires more of the will. You're like putting more of your will in resisting. I guess the thing for me when I think about that is like, like why the heck is that happening? Because, okay, if we look at the scenario... I'm coming, I'm coming to therapy. I'm hiring you, the therapist, to help me affect change. I'm literally saying, please help change this. And then you're like, great, let's get started. Let's do some change. And I'm like, oh, I'm not so sure anymore. Or no, absolutely not. I, I want you to change things, but don't change that. Why would that even be happening? <laughs> well, I will tell you why I am, because I know everything. <laughs> Um, no, I'm just kidding. Let me rub the magical head of wisdom <laughs> oh on my, Nathan Hawkins. Get your hand up. <laughs> Provide me the magic eight oh ball of wisdom. Word. The magic eight ball? <laughs> that sucks so bad for so many reasons. Uh, no, the uh, the idea behind I mean, what what is happening when it comes to that? It's like, okay, imagine this, right? A little bit different scenario. More specifics. You're in a relationship, and you know it's not great. You're trying to figure out how to navigate it. And as you go through therapy, I mean, the options that start really popping up are dump the relationship, probably unhealthy. Um, so now you're like, wow, I don't know that I want, never thought that getting out of the relationship was going to be an option here. So maybe you just don't really entertain as much when the conversation moves towards getting out of the relationship. Maybe you just don't want to talk about that. You just are reluctant about it and you're thinking, I really kind of see where you're going, but that's not an option. So let's just go ahead and back out of here. There's also times in there when it comes to resistance, um, if that was like elevated to one more level, where people just get out of therapy. They'll be like, nope, my therapist wants me to break up or whatever. And then then that's it. They're out of there. Yeah. And and I think for the record, I guess I would say, because um, this is this gets mistaken all the time, and I have to say this to people all the time, and and maybe... I'm hoping that most of you therapists out there, if you're listening, that you don't do this. Our job is not to give people advice. We're, I mean, we'll give advice on things like in terms of um, give you my opinions and give you my perspective. And some people are really looking for some specific advice um, that is practical. You know, it, we're professionals. We're trained. We've seen a lot of life. We've seen a lot of ways that people live, uh, live their lives. And so there is some wisdom that we have there to offer that can be kind of mini advice. But when it comes to therapy... We're not in it to tell people how to live their lives. That's for you to decide for yourself. So when somebody is coming in and they're saying, for example, you know, this relationship issue, I think most of the time we're actually not saying you need to break up. We're saying there are all kinds of unhealthy dynamics that are going on and you're doing everything you can maybe to make this work. And it's just really not healthy. 
And so the conclusion might be, um, maybe you need to break up, but we're not telling you to do that. We just want you to see what's going on so that you can come to your own conclusions about that. Now, a lot of times people will say, no, I just want to try this. I want to try that. And really what, when I'm, what they're really saying is, I want to try the same thing over and over again to see if it'll produce a different result. Maybe you've heard what that definition is called. Crazy. Yes, that's it. Um, so I'm not going to tell you to stop doing that. I, I, I want to let you go through your process and, and learn and explore all that. But a lot of ways, it's like you're paying somebody to, to see those things, to prevent those things from happening. So I'm hoping, therapists, you don't tell people what to do. That's not your job. But we can reflect things back that can lead to certain conclusions. But we're always going to let you see that, that evidence and make your own decisions about what to do about that. Yeah. And the truth is, is that going through the process with a therapist, um, you're really counting on the fact. And, and this is with, with, with this kind of place of reluctance and resistance is when you kind of maybe need to realize that you actually are counting on this fact. And, and that fact is, is that your therapist cares about you at the end of the day. And what I, why that matters is because we're not trying to get you to do something. If you choose to stay in that relationship, that's okay. Like after everything that you've seen, like, and you're thinking, man, this is like definitely unhealthy and I'm going to do this anyway. Okay. Well, we, you're the one that has to live your life. What we're trying to do is just help you be okay with looking at the entire dynamic, the whole enchilada. And so if you're, if you're looking at that whole thing and whatever way you see through it is the way that you see through it. Our job is to help you actually look at everything. Right. And, and like you said, you may come to your own conclusions about it and you have to live with those. And ultimately inside of yourself, that's the most important thing. It's not a good dynamic. If your therapist says you need to do this and then you get out and then you have doubts or you have regret or maybe even worse, you have anger and resentment that, no, I think I really wanted to, to give that a try, or I wanted to stay in it, or I didn't want to make this change. You can always pin that on somebody else for having made that decision for you. And we don't want that. We want you to have the full ownership to make your own decisions and live with that and experience what that's like so that you can live and learn from your mistakes and, and see, you know, when you do make certain choices that lead to outcomes that you don't like, you can experience that and say, okay, I learned something about myself. What was that? We can look at that together, support you, encourage you, and then see if we can make a different decision or gather more information next time. Right. And so obviously getting really specific with the relationship piece, but circling back to more of the general, I mean, what it looks like um, in session when you're, when stuff is, you can look several different directions. It can be absolutely in your face like i just don't think that we see eye to eye therapist i'm leaving or the therapist feeling like yeah this is just not going anywhere you you know and then the therapist wanted to kill it and leave um basically firing you as a client um but inside of the session you're probably talking about nothing um it's not really you know it's just it's just random and it doesn't seem to apply to the bigger picture of why you're there and, and don't get me wrong, there are situations in which that can happen that actually is a good thing, even though it seems like it's like it's not. But you'll kind of know that more. Um, you'll know that maybe you're in a mid, like an in, uh, an in between place, and you're just kind of gathering steam. Um, but I would, 
part of this is bringing it up. So if you, as a therapist, you want to, there's kind of two ways to handle this, but one of the main way I try to handle it is just straight up. So we probably don't want to go farther than this, do we? <laughs> like, we, like, I think we might be stuck. How do you think we got here? You know, and just, just letting it pop up and seeing where that goes. And oftentimes when I do that, the person's like, oh yeah, I kind of felt like I wasn't sure if this was like, I was, I, I didn't know how to say anything. Cause as a person, like just, just the normal Joe Schmo, you might not know how to deal with that. We're trying to help you right now to be a little more proactive and just be honest with yourself. And you might tell your therapist, you know, I don't know that this is going anywhere. And I don't know why. Um, I'm not sure even what's going on right now. What are your thoughts? Like, that's what I would tell you as a, as a person out there that's being a wise consumer. That's probably where I would start. Yeah, and that's a great place to start. And in, in reality, I think that is, if, that is the result of a tremendous amount of work that has been done to bring you to that place. Believe it or not, that stuck place might actually mean that you've been wrestling with yourself. You've been thinking about this and trying that. Maybe you've been reluctant. You've been resistant. And you now are at the place where you're like, and I'm stuck. It's led to a dead end and you don't know what else to do. And so now you have the opportunity to turn and run and cut the therapy altogether. Or you can turn toward your therapist and say what you just said. Hey, we're stuck. I, I feel stuck and I'm not really sure why. At this point, I'm open to your feedback. And what I see a lot of times is that's evidence of I wasn't really open to your feedback before. I thought I was, but some of the things that you were saying and some of the things that you were showing to me, maybe about my situation or about myself, I wasn't really ready to hear. I wasn't fully open to. And so in that way, I wasn't really ready to hear what you had to say. And maybe you've said a bunch of things a bunch of times, but I haven't really been listening because I'm, you know, that resistant kind of a thing. But now I've seen where my, my own stuff has gotten me and I can say, okay, what do you have any ideas? And now I'm actually open to your feedback and I want to hear what you have to say. Right. And there's, there's two other parts of this that are a bit nuanced that are important as we begin to close up here. One is the therapist has, because we do this job all the time, we have a bit more patience in the process for where it's going. So we may know that you are struggling with the change or whatever that's going on and we're giving you the space to do it. And so um, we're not in a hurry necessarily because we don't want to force you down a road. For, for you knowing what we're telling you today, if you were to apply it and realize, like, I think I, you know, I'm stuck, that's really helpful to that therapist because he or she's like, oh, excellent. Like, I knew we, so we're now ready to move this. I, it kind of prompts me to go like, oh, okay, like, well, we can do this now then. The other side of that coin would be the therapist not being sure, like, like stopping it too early, like bringing it up, not stopping it too early, but when they bring it forward to you and they say that this is going on, they're not trying to kick you out of therapy. What they're doing is, is they're letting you know, and then it's coming into your space to go, oh, I guess, okay, I guess I was just, I thought I was still doing work or whatever, but that's still a good conversation to have because from the therapist standpoint, maybe we're off, we're off of our goal or whatever's going on. Yeah. And there's one little trick as we, as we end this episode here that I will use with people um, it's it's a little bit of a mind trick, but it's also how the process works. Sometimes when you bring something up and you talk about it in therapy, you get all freaked out because you have a sense of like, oh, now I need to go do something about it. 
And sometimes that's true. Like if we're talking about this relationship, you know, scenario that you brought up, Nathan, uh, sometimes that's true. But in other times, we're just talking about it. So like with trauma, there can be stages of processing. You can say, I want you just to think about something. Don't do anything with it. Don't even say the words to anybody, because if you say it, that means it's real and that's too scary. So just think about it. Get used to thinking about it and then start talking about it. You're not going to do anything about it, but you're just going to talk about it. And then after a while, you might talk about doing something about it, but you're still not going to do anything. And then eventually you can be ready to do something. That's an option. You can bring that up with your therapist. Or if you're a therapist, you can let people know, hey, is it okay if we just explore something? I'm not going to ask you to do anything about it. And you don't have to do anything until you're completely ready to make any changes at all. Or if you can just stay put where you're at. But at least can we just talk about it? Can we just explore these thoughts and ideas? Removing the, the necessity to take action can relieve a lot of the pressure and the stress, and it can actually free you from that resistance and enable you to just look at things. And that can help you to process them way more effectively and move things along in therapy again, get the ball rolling again. Yeah, we really hope that this has been helpful to be able to kind of take a few things out and help move your therapeutic process along. And uh, have a good day, everybody. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. And you'll get nine weeks worth of customized, practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening.